Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Please find all their socials at Mentel Health. It's M-E-N-T-E-L-L-H-E-A-L-T-H. Um, and it's www.mentelhealth.com. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Bullock. Um, last night, Borough, um, with a squad of 10 academy players, beat Preston North End on penalties to get themselves through to the next round of the Carabao Cup. Um, and it's where I want to start this podcast today. Um, well, it's, it's it's what an achievement, once again. Um, a team more experienced, yes, um, than, than the previous rounds against like Rochdale. Um, but the, we've done a very, very good job on it, and a good Preston side. It, it's a team that was fighting for the playoffs last season. Of course, the the bottom of the championship at the moment. But we've went there, and we've pulled off of a performance, um, and a performance with, in my opinion, real grit and, and determination. Um, I have to admire um, the players that, that that came in. I know we changed our eleven, but Ashley Fletcher, Danny Barr, Lewis Wing, and. Marcus Tavernier, um, who you know, they haven't had much game time, um, but they've they've came in and, and actually, so I probably put McQueen in there as well. I thought McQueen was excellent um, on on Tuesday, um, but you know what, they've came in and and, and they've given Tony Pulis something to think about, um, which is the most important thing. Um, but there is a player I, I want to mention, um, and it's someone who hasn't had. A lot of game time, um, but he is definitely very, very worthy of that. Even though we have said something, we have said a, a few things about him in, in previous podcasts. But his, cap, his club captain Grant Ledbetter, um, you know, he's probably not part of Tony Pulis's plans at the moment any um, or anymore. Um, and it's understandable; he's getting to an age now where he's he's probably surplus to requirements, and we've got young players coming through now. Um, but I tell you what, he he led from example yesterday. Um, he led from the off. He he put confidence in the young players, which which the young players very much need. When when you're on that pitch and you and you you do that step up, you always look to the more experienced players. Um, and when you have the likes of Grant Ledbetter in your team, you're always going to have a bit more confidence 
um, especially in these type of divisions. Um, but you know, he's like I mentioned, the confidence was there. He's had a great game. He he led from the front, and that's the type of professional he is. Um, I think it's why he's probably adored by not just us, the fans, but the coaching staff. But he's a a very 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 good professional and a, and a great servant to the club um, but I think it's going to be a shame when he probably does go and I think it probably will be January uh, when we'll see the end of, of Grand Ledbetter's time at the club um, but he's been a professional, he's a great servant and I think it's it's going to be sad but be worthwhile when, once he goes you know um, I think him not playing is hurting him um, you can probably see it by the photos of last night where he just he did look he just didn't look himself he did look a bit a bit shied away and he wasn't really as enthusiastic as he as he has been in previous years but that's what happens now you know um, that's what happens when the younger players start to come through and um, with the likes of Wing and you, when you bring in seven million pound worth of midfield of George Savile and more Bezic on a loan potentially to buy um, if he starts pulling his finger out anywhere but. Um, that's what happens the younger players start to push out the more experienced ones and sometimes they're just good to have around the dressing room like the likes of Dimi um, he's not going to have many, many games I think that was his first game in about two years um, last night And but he's probably good to have around the changing room to to help the younger keepers push on help develop them as well um, sometimes it's, it's good to have those experienced players to be that middleman between the coaching staff and the players um, I, I recently seen the documentary about uh, Manchester City and I'd highly recommend watching it if you're any football fan um, but Vincent Company is very much that man you know he's he's a go-to player for all the players um, and he kind of manages uh, you know like I mentioned there he manages the the, 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 the coaching staff and the player divide even though the manager is very approachable and I think Ledbetter and you know Demi would be in similar positions like that so but yeah, it's going to be a shame when he leaves, but it's football. Um, but let's talk about one of those players, uh, one of the younger players who I thought was excellent last night. Um, and it comes with the first question as well, and it's from Ross77. Um, it's four S's, um, so at Ross77. Um, and he asks, um, what does Lewis Wing have to do to get in the squad? Um, you know, we even if you look at the tweet as well, um, it was mentioned that Pulis has mentioned that he had, he had the flu hence why he's been out of the out of the squad but um now you've got the likes of George Savile in there um you've got Mohamed Bezic um in front of him um and you can't really take out uh, Adam Clayton because he's not a type of player and also Johnny Housen's playing tremendous at the moment so you can't really get in the squad um unless you just try and change systems um but you know, it's going to be very, very difficult for him, um, especially as we've invested a lot into that area. Uh, but he did himself no harm last night. Um, not No harm whatsoever. Um, it was a great assist for Ashley Fletcher's goal. Um, he didn't panic. He, he slipped the ball through. Um, and yes, Fletcher had a, had a lot to do. He had to take on the goalkeeper and bring him on the defender and, and slot in the net. But, you know, the thing is, Wing got himself in that position you know his his vision was good. The the timing was excellent to get the ball through. It's very of course when you when you play at that level, it is quite instinctive um, to to play those type of balls through and get in those positions. But you know you have to do it on the football pitch. It's your bread and butter, um, and he's do he's doing that very well. And I think with those type of players, all you have to do 
is just performing on the training ground and when you get the chance in that 11 or if you're coming as a sub you have to take your chance um, it's as simple as that really um, the lad's got bags of talent and you've, you, we've seen it and we've been excited by it at times he played very well at Yeovil last year um, when he when he was on loan he's still a, a very very young player um, I think he's 23, 24 but he's still relatively young in, in football in terms um, but it's what the professionals what professionals do is they have to play at a consistent level week in week out. Um, it's why James Milner's getting a lot of a lot of press at the moment because James Milner for a number of years has been tremendous and it has went under it's went under under the radar quite a lot because he hasn't scored all the goals he doesn't make all the assists but what he does he's very very consistent he's a very very good pro and it's a player that you if you're a coach you should be telling your kids. To look at like likes of James Milner because James Milner is a tremendous athlete and a, a true professional. And um, of course, you want you want to look at Messi and you want to look at Ronaldo, um, but because they're exceptional, absurd talents. But you know, I always try and be a James Milner. That's what I try and say. That's what I try and tell the kids when I, when I'm when I'm coaching them. But um, why have I completely went off topic? But in in terms of of, of Lewis Wing, um, like I mentioned, he's got to, he's got to hit the ground running when he gets in the team again. And um, he had a tremendous start of the season. You know, he needs to build on that, and he just he needs to knock on the manager's door and say, "Look, what what can I do, or how can I show you that I'm good enough, and how how can I help you to ensure we get promotion together?" And I'm part of that squad that gets promoted. Um, it is a squad game; it's not all about individuals, but he has to work as a team. Um, and try and force his way back in, but I'm very, very confident. We have loads of games this season. I'm sure he'll get he'll get his chance again. Um, but I think we could have probably done with him um, again. Swansea, and not just Lewis Spring, but Tavern Chapman as well. Um, so obviously, finally, uh, finally, I was at the Riverside um, for the first time this season um, for the Bolton game, and it felt so good to be back. It's Riverside on the under the lights. Um, you know, I've had a, I've got the season tickets. Haven't been going since I've been away, and it, it was so frustrating watching it on telly. But um, you know, against Bolton, I think we got away with it, and we were very, very lucky to to win the the game two nil, um, because they had two mistakes and we punished them for that. But we just. It was a very, very poor game. They didn't deserve anything from it. We were obviously the better team. We did deserve to win the game, but I think it was just the way it was won and the manner it was won. It was just quite a, a dull, boring performance, really. Um, it was probably one of the best ones we've seen this season, and it probably won't be the worst, but you know, it was just bang average, and I thought it was it was quite shit, but it was nice to be back at the ground. And then um, the game against Swansea... Um, it, that, this was kind of like a battle of the defences, really. Um, if you think about it, you know we could we could have been playing until now, and no one would have scored that game uh, if we kept the same teams. Um, it was quite an interesting watch, if I'm like really honest. Um, just from the technical elements of it, you know, um, every time we got the ball in midfield, um, I noticed this with Clayton and Housen. Um, every time they get the ball, they win it in midfield. We're looking up, and then there's no one out wide. Um, what happened was down in and Braithwaite were coming more narrow, um, and it would just exactly when you when you want to try and stretch a, a very a very tight defence, 
um, you need to look out wide and we just didn't have the width there um, to break Swansea down um, and it, that is just I, think I just felt it was like criminal and we needed some we needed like some sort of winger to be on the pitch um, and when, when McQueen came on it, it did help a little bit and he was getting balls in the box and he was trying to run down the line him and George were trying to overlap um, so when we if we had the likes of Tav, Tav and Chapman on the pitch the natural wingers and they would have stayed out wide and stretched that defence a little bit more um, and we could have potentially created more cha- more chances um, to try and win the football match um, is a draw a fair result? I'd probably say so yes um, I didn't think we did enough to win the football match and I'm surely I didn't think that Swansea deserved to lose the game either, um, which is a, a potentially a bit of a bizarre comment, but I thought Swansea defended very, very well. Um, they were going to be a tough side to break down this season, Swansea. Um, but if I was a Swansea fan, I'd be a bit more worried about the lack of goal threat than I would be if I'm obviously I'm a Millsborough fan. So um, they just didn't look like they were going to score a bunch of unders, and if I'm quite honest, I think that's going to be their downfall this season as well as I was. So we kind of have to get in the in the transfer to get in the transfer market and try and bring those players in. Um, but it, it's it's what Pulis has said all along, really, and he said it from, from the summer. Um, we just need to get those players in, um, and those type of players are attacking players. The the wingers they are players with a bit more experience than what we have, and the I was going to say more established um, and someone who's kind of been there and done it in terms of getting promoted um, but someone who it, it's it's quite a, a difficult task to bring those players in and we've seen that already um, but we need them and we need them urgently you know if we're in a good position come January more players are more likely to come with the football club um, if we were if we were in the mid mid table I don't I think we'd struggle quite quite frankly um, probably not because of Pulis but I think it's just Teams might not want to come to Millsborough Football Club. I, I, just, I just don't know why players why 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 they won't come. It's a great area, um, but I'm not going to go into all of that shite. So, but in terms of um, our attacking third, you know, we've shown that not scoring is our downfall. We've haven't we scored we we didn't score three in the last four games before the Preston game, um, but we've got a great foundation there. And I think that'll help us in in the long run when we go and get promoted, and it'll help us keep churning out results. Um, but if I was a younger player, um, like the likes of Lewis Wing and the likes of Tavernier and the likes of um, Harry Chapman, um, I'd be knocking on that door. And I know I've said it a couple of times in this podcast, but you need to be proven a point. This is the perfect time for you to try and get in the squad while we don't have those players in um, and to give Tony Pulis something to think about. Um, but there's another player who I think should, who should be trying to break in the squad um and it's and it's Paddy McNair um we yes we bought him for about 5 million pounds in the in the summer um and he's rarely featured so far um just because of injuries and he hasn't really been fit for about a year um just for he's had quite a, a, a bit of a bad spell but Ian Smith um he's at, at Smithy MF, underscore MFC 84 um and Ian is a great content writer um, he writes for fly me to the moon occasionally and, con- and contributes to a number of different sources as well as the everything mfc page and he wrote a piece about adam clayton um earlier this week and i'd highly recommend you read it it is a, a very good read um but he does ask um if 
if McNair is pushing to replace Shotton or is Pulis going to stick with his current right back? Um, it's a very, very good question. I've seen like a little bit happen um, on on uh, on Ian's tweet. Um, Danu was regarding like the long throws not really working. Um, but in terms of McNair, when he's fully fit, I can see him pushing Shotton. I really do. I really can see it. Um, Shotton has to look over his shoulder now, um, because the likes of it, the, the the experience that we have in the squad and the quality that we have there, everyone has to play to the the full the fullest every game now. Um, and he, he McNair should be looking for that right back spot because, quite frankly, he's not going to get in as a centre mid at the moment because Clayton's playing that well. Um, and if you want to play more defensively, Housen's playing tremendous. Um, You've got the likes of Wings, Savile, and Bezich ahead of him. So right back's kind of his only option at the moment. Um, so he should be pushing for that. And he played very, very well against Preston last night, to be honest. Um, I thought he put a good shift in. He scored a great penalty. But the likes of the McNair kind of reminds me of Joseph Varga a little bit. Um, <laughs> obviously because he's not, he's not ball or anything. But um, Joseph Varga, centre midfielder, converted into right back under Tony Mowbray because um, he couldn't essentially get in the squad. Um, and that likes of being flexibility as a footballer and versatile gets you in, gets you into teams. And I feel like he has to follow that kind of format. I mentioned James Miller in this podcast earlier on. And I said, well, as a true professional, he's played in many, many positions. Um, and he's always found a way into a team. And I feel he has to follow that kind of that format to try and get in there. Um, but I think he's been unlucky um, and he's time to recover and once he gets his chance he should take it um, it's a shame that he got injured early doors um, to miss his stocks he would have been a shoo-in um, and he probably would have been a shoo-in over Lewis Wing and well look what Lewis Wing did so probably that put him on the back foot too um, but do I think that Paddy McNair is going to play against Hull probably not um, but we've got games coming up and I think he's technically better than Shots um, but you can't replace a defender at the minute um, when we're not conceding goals. We've conceded three goals in the league all season so far. So why would you change it? You know what I mean? Um, but let's move on to Hull. Um, let's move on to Hull away. It's Saturday, of course. Um, Hull's a team who have just won once in the last six games in the beat-up switch on the 15th of September. Um, they're currently sitting 21st in the championship on 7 points um, the old cliche of every every game was tougher in the championship was just ringing through my head when I sit when I speak about when I just said that but let's have a look at them now um, and how they're playing um, Hall currently play like a 4-4-1-1 formation um, with Australian Jackson Irving who scored 3 goals for them he's the top scorer um, he plays just behind Fraser Campbell if uh, Evandro's not playing um, with last season, Jared, last season top scorer Jared um, Bowen, he, he's playing on the right wing this year as a, in a four four one one. Last year, if you can recall, the mate played more of a four two three one formation, and Bowen alternated between those three, uh, the three behind the striker. So it was interesting to see that they went more defensive style this year. Um, but I can probably explain this now. Um, they have they have got Henriksen and Kevin Stewart in midfield, um, with Todd Kane who's on loan from uh, Chelsea and. Stewart's on loan from, from Liverpool but if you look at Hull's squad this season um, it's completely depleted from, from previous years you know 
the Vlos Hernandez in the, in the wind level Hernandez he went to CSK Moscow David Myler um, he is a very very good he's a good pro he's, he's just went to Reading um, Adebajos went to Brentford the, the, the pacey right back um, McGregor um, the goalkeeper McGregor who played a number of games for them last season he's left as well um, the, but what I'm trying to say is that Hull have lost a majority of their spine it's quite similar to what we did um, we've completely changed the spine of our team now um, than we have in previous years but they just haven't been able to get the quality um, what they had in there and I think they had to get rid of them because they couldn't afford them um, it's, it's still in disarray of course at the KCOM, uh stadium but yes they've the, the brought in the likes of Chris Martin who I think should probably feature for them to, um, for, for them this weekend um, he's that big striker who might cause Flint and, and Danny Ayala some problems there um, but they do look, look weaker um, but however I think I've said enough anything is possible in the championship and what I should say about Middlesbrough is that we shouldn't take the foot off the gas um, but how do we break them down how do we break Hull City down on Saturday um, when we're away from home but in my opinion, I think Borough should let Hull have the possession in the early stages of the football match. Um, play the three-five-two or the the five the five-three-two or whatever you want to play. It. Um, play that formation. Allow them just remain tight and compact in that first fifteen minutes because they have to be up for it this first twenty minutes because. They're in a bit of a bad state at the moment. Yes, there's only nine, ten games in this season, but and it's not. Sometimes you don't really have to look too much into it. Like the likes of Preston are bottom of the league now. Um, I can't see them being there come the end of the season uh, by any by any mark. Um, but what I would highly recommend on doing is let them have the possession, remain compact, and force them to play the long ball. Let them get frustrated early doors, and then take a grasp on the game. Um, I personally think we should set up in that 3-5-2 formation and try and use the width and um, what we have to try and get on the lines, get balls in the box. You know, we've got Gestead's fit now, we've got Ashley Fletcher who should who should really feature or should be on the bench at the weekend um, because he's scoring goals in these in these champ in these games and he's you're doing he's doing pretty much everything that Tony Pierce is asking for him. So you could potentially see him on the bench at the weekend. Um but I would bring in uh, either Chapman or Tav to play on the wings, if, even if we're going to play that 4-3-3 formation too. Um, cause it, it allows Braithwaite to either come on the left-hand side or play as a central man. And I think, when I've mentioned earlier in the podcast, that he always likes to tuck in. He doesn't like to stay out on that left-hand side. And when we're looking up and we're trying to break, we don't have that space there on the right, on the, on the wings um, to, to get forward. Um but what I would do is I would try and be as I'd try and tell the person to be aggressive in that midfield after the first fifty minutes. Just use a bit of light press and get into the game, feel you in. There's gonna be a bit of tension in the crowd, um, just to try and feel you in. And once we get into the game, get angry in midfield, be very, very physical, break them down, use the get the ball out wide, go on the get on the front foot, get that first goal. You know, I always say in every single podcast that I do that the first goal is always vital in the championship and it's a very very I would say, I would say it's, a, it's, a, it's a good comment to make because if you score that first goal in the championship a lot of teams tend to not crumble but you tend to get a, a very very good foothold in the game unlike the Premier League where a team will come at you um, a championship is kind of a bit more reserved to that in, in that front but 
I've just got a feeling um, that we're going to score a header, and um, if we're going to get the balls in the box, um, and if we are, if we do go one nil up, then happy days. Um, I think we'll kick on and win two or three nil. Um, but it's going to be that first twenty minutes going to be vital for us. Um, if we try and if we get that first goal, um, even if it's on the counter attack, then I think we'll, we we should we should get the the, the three points there. Um, but. In short, and I kind of feel like I've, I've blagged on a little bit when I've when I've spoke about that. But um, in short, be resolute in defence, use your wings to our advantage, and be ruthless in midfield. And I don't think we'll have many problems against Hull City. Um, so the predicted eleven I'm going to go for. In in my eleven, I'd probably have Randolph in goal. I would bring in Danny Bat, Danny Bart, um, Ayala, and Flint. Uh, Adam Flint is your centre back, so I'd also put. Um, McQueen left back, and I'd also put shot on right back. Um, the three in midfield to go alongside that is, of course, Adam Clayton, um, Johnny Housen, and Lewis Wing. Um, so George Savile would miss out, even though I, I'm very, very, I, I uh, highly recommend George Savile. I thought he's been excellent in those two games. He's he's very he's a luxury player to have in midfield, George Savile, and I think he's going to bring something different to our midfield. But I would start Lewis Wing. Um, just for his good performance on Tuesday night. The two up front, I would of course go for Britt Asombalonga and Martin Braithwaite. Um, they would be that would be my team. Um, but I think the predicted eleven is going to be um, Randolph in goal. It's going to be um, a back four of um, Ryan Shotton, Danny Ayala, Aidan Flint, and George Friend. The three in midfield, of course, with George Savile, um, Adam Clayton, and Johnny Housen, uh, with the three up front of Britta Sombalonga, Martin Braithwaite, and Stuart Downing. Um, my score prediction, I know I've said if we score one, we'll kick on, but I just have a feeling it's going to be one of those games. I really do, um, but I think it's going to be one of those games, and I think we're going to score one. Um, I think it's going to be Aidan Flint, the goal scorer, from a corner. Um, we're going to win one goal to nil. It's a Tony Pulis world, and we all live in it. So this is the Bora Breakdown podcast. I'm Johnny Bullock. I hope you enjoyed it. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Oh! coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 